At least Miss Bertha gave me something thoughtful, a complete collection of Emily Dickinson poems. So far, my favorite is I'm Nobody, and Grandma Georgia sent money. Still, all I really needed was to be stricken with some mysterious thyroid condition, a really good one that would cause me to wake up and weigh 120 pounds. Instead of experiencing a newsworthy miracle, however, I spent the holiday in sweatpants, with Mother and Aunt Mary nagging me to please change clothes. I refused, citing the whole comfort and joy argument. The truth was I had outgrown even my fat clothes. It was either sweatpants or nothing. Once I'd wolfed down enough turkey and dressing and pumpkin pie to choke a horse, I loosened the string in the waistband and plopped down at the computer. Consumed by overeater's guilt, I browsed the Internet and gazed zombie-eyed at the countless and mostly expensive ways a person might lose weight. How pathetic to be thinking about this on Christmas night. According to a doctor on one website, losing weight can be even harder than treating cancer. This uplifting little tidbit was enough to catapult me straight back to the kitchen for two more cups of eggnog, right before bed. When I woke up the next morning, I didn't even have to step on the scale. Still snuggled beneath my bed covers, I could feel those new pounds clinging to my thighs like koala bears on a eucalyptus tree. The day after Christmas should get its very own italicized title on the calendar. December 26, the most depressing day of the year. With Christmas officially over, I knew there was nothing left to anticipate but the endless gloom of winter. Nothing to look forward to except devouring the secret lovers stashed under my bed. Mr. Hershey, Mr. Reese's, and Mr. M&M. I'm convinced Mother must have secret powers because just as I was about to rip open the bag, the phone rang. What are you doing, Rosie? She asked accusingly. Have you used your treadmill yet? There's a new box of Special K in the pantry. They have that weight loss plan, you know. Mmm, almost as yummy as packaging peanuts, I replied. I'm just calling because we need you at the shop today after all, Rosie, said Mother, ignoring my sarcasm. I want you to take down the Christmas tree. It's a fire hazard, all dried out and messy needles everywhere. Translation, Mother couldn't take the thought of me eating and watching talk shows all afternoon, so she's dragging me into work. Miss Berth will be over to pick you up in a few, okay? She said it like it was a question, as if I actually had a choice in the matter. Okay, I said annoyed. It's not even New Year's Eve, and I already have to rip down the last semblance of festivity and celebration and hope. If it were up to me, I'd leave the tree up all year. But Mother had to shove the manicure station into the closet just to make room for it, and with so many parties right around the corner for New Year's, clients are clawing, ha-ha, for manicures. Mother isn't about to swap good business sense for sentimentality. At least there's time for half an Oprah rerun and a few diet Reese's Cups. They're bite-sized instead of regular. Several hundred calories later, Miss Bertha picked me up, and since the salon is only a mile or two from my house, we arrived within minutes. Mother was giving Hilda Mae Brunson blonde highlights, and four old ladies from the Hopewell Baptist Church, a.k.a. the Quilters, were sitting under hairdryers, clucking like noisy hens. I was humming Blue Christmas, the Elvis version, softly to myself, and carefully taking ornaments off the sad, dried-out little tree. Everything was thumping along at the barely tolerable level when I heard Miss Bertha say, Oh, Lordy, here she comes. I looked up 
and filling Heavenly Hair's entire plate glass window was Mrs. Periwinkle McCutcheon, her arms overloaded with a stack of paper plates wrapped in pink-tinted cellophane, her sausage-sized knuckle wrapping the glass for someone to help her with the door. I had no other choice. I was forced to let her in. Hey there, Rosemary. I got you some delicious treats today, darling. Snort, snort. Big hee-haw laugh. You'll have to wait till Richard shaves my neck real quick, though. You got time to shave my neck, don't you, Richard? Richard nodded politely, although I knew for a fact he hated shaving necks, especially Mrs. McCutcheon's. Reckon you can wait that long to get your hands on my goodies, Rosemary? Snort, snort. Suddenly I realized Mrs. McCutcheon was actually waiting for my reply. 